Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the honorable mayor of Manchester, Ted Gatson. Toronto Arch Time is 17 minutes after the hour, and we broke a little early so we could start a little early. That way, uh, we didn't have to interrupt things as we were getting underway with Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis, who's brought to us by our friends at Jock's Flower Shop here in scenic Penardville at 712 Mast Road. Make any occasion special and any special occasion better with a gift from Jock's. If you're looking for fall decorations for your home, they've got them here. Still have some mums and other plants and shrubs that can be planted as the fall gets into full sp- uh, full swing If you get them in the ground now, they will spring like you won't understand uh, when the spring comes. So there it is here at 712 Mass Road in Scenic Pernardville. Good morning, Your Honor. Good morning, Richard. How are you? I'm good. Good. So, Your Honor, uh, a big day for you yesterday. Let's start with the announcement that you and the governor made that uh, the state's going to come up with $150,000 to help Safe Station. I know you've been speaking with the governor uh, over a... Uh, a relatively long period of time about this. What's uh, what's happened? Where are the funds coming from? Uh, and why do you expect that more will be coming? And what exactly will that hundred fifty thousand dollars go to support? Well, the, the hundred and fifty goes into support Safe Station and uh, making sure making sure the respite uh, has funding. Uh, Serenity Place. Now, is, what is when you say the respite? The, the respite is, is across the street where people go in uh, to detox for a three day period before. They can go to Serenity Place and get involved with a program that they put them in. Okay, um, I think it's been clear, and you know we've provided uh, documentation to the governor that shows that over sixty-five percent of the people that are coming to Safe Station are coming from outside of Manchester. Yeah, um, he saw those numbers. He was impressed. He he agreed that uh, the state needs to step up and and, and do its share. Uh, he had um, he had found funds uh, in the Alcohol, oh, the alcohol, uh, drug, uh, alcohol, and other drug abuse funds—the money that comes, comes from, from the, uh, the liquor sales. The liquor sales. So yeah. uh, he had money there, so he helped us out. Um, we are going to have another conversation, and hopefully, in two weeks, we can get additional funding. He had Jeff Myers, uh, the commissioner of Department of Health and Human Services, uh, looking to see if he could find additional funds, and uh, Jeff assured him that he thought he could. Uh, Tim Susi was with me, so we. Um, we certainly talked about that, and we talked about housing, uh, that we need to find safe housing uh, for folks when they're either coming out of drug court uh, or other programs that we have so that they can go to a place that uh, there's not a drug dealer bothering them. Now, at one point, you had said that there, uh, the city had tallied up like $3.2 million worth of expenses that it had um, incurred uh, in fighting the opioid epidemic. What, what what went into that $3.2 million, and is the state going to do anything to help defray the cost, given the sheer number of people who come from out of town to the city for whatever reason in conjunction with this uh, well, those funds were crisis? those funds were put together to, to make sure that we could um, hope for recoveries building up on Valley Street, yeah. where FIT is now going in, and Catholic Medical Center, and mental health. Uh, folks are going in there, and that's where most of that money went. It came from CDBG funds that we had. Uh, that we had allocated and were paid back to us, and we reallocated them to that uh, project. 
So the city is well invested. There's no question that uh, our feet are on the ground and we understand that we need to help and we're there to help people. This is a disease. It's an awful disease. You know, just yesterday or day before, I heard that uh, in 2016, there were 64,000 deaths across this country. Mm -hmm. 64,000 deaths from opiate uh, overuse. So again, you know, Richard, it's, it's something that... You know, people think it's only Manchester. Well, it's not Manchester. It's not just the state of New Hampshire. It's this entire country. Uh, you know, carfentanil, if you put carfentanil on your website uh, and go look at it, you can order from China, and they'll ship it to you. Oh, that makes that's drug dealing made easy. I, 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 it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So, you know, we've got to, and the, you know, the chief uh, has said it and many, many times that we can rest our way out of this. We need to make sure that we get the impact to judges that the penalties have to be greater. They can't arrest somebody on Tuesday. And have them on the street Tuesday afternoon. On Thursday. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. It can't be a $2,000 bail because $2,000 is in the left pocket uh, without any problem. So, again, it's about how do we make sure that these folks stay off the streets And we find, you know, we're we're out there and we meet uh, every other week to see if there's uh, another safe station idea that we can put into effect. Uh, I was at a meeting last night on the Drug and Alcohol Committee, and uh, we were talking, they were talking about uh, the programs that they have in the high schools with student-athletes mm-hmm. and the number of folks that are participating. Uh is that the life of the af- uh, life of life athlete? of the athlete? Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and that those are great things. I mean, there, there's no question, but we've got to make sure that uh, we continue and work harder to get the information out uh, to students uh, in both elementary, high school, and junior high school. Now, coming coming back to this question of of funding, because I know the city has laid out, you think it's well over a hundred thousand dollars in cash to help keep places like. Um, Serenity Place afloat as they've been overwhelmed by the influx of, of I'll call them patients, through Safe Station. Uh, do you have any accounting for how much money the city has come up with in addition to its normal budget amounts as a result of this crisis? And is there any hope of, of, of recovering any of those funds through the state as a way of making them available for the, the things that they were originally intended to go to? Well, I think that, uh, you know, certainly, as I said, the, the, you know, we'll be having additional conversations with the governor to see if we can get mm-hmm. some more money, uh, you know, to put put a number on uh, how much have we spent. Um, it's something that you look at on a regular basis. And if it's going to save lives, the city has decided that they're going to step up and we're oh, going to yeah. do it. I, I don't think and, I don't I don't think that's a you know, the rap program question. is something that we've participated in a couple of different times with uh, Serenity Place. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it, it is. You know, when you start talking to people that are involved, it's amazing how this disease has crossed every line you can imagine. Mm. Um, you know, if you talk to somebody that's uh, been addicted and is clean, they tell you that when you wake up that morning and you need a fix, there isn't anything under the sun that you wouldn't do to get that fix. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So it is it is just absolutely awful. Not only does it work on you mentally, but it works on you physically. Mm. And, you know, when you're in that state, 
there's no caring about anything. You just want to find your next fix. Right. No, and I don't think anybody uh, questions why the city did what it did. I'm just wondering whether or not, since it's shouldering a burden, burden that really is a statewide burden, uh, whether or not those funds will be recovered so that the things that couldn't be done because that money was used uh, may be put back on, on the radar. So, Well, you know, as I said, we're going to continue to talk. Uh, the more money that we can get in uh, from the state, as I said, they now understand that it's it's not just a Manchester problem. Right. You know, sometimes people throw up their hands and say, oh, it's Manchester. Why are we going to, you know? Well, even if it were, Manchester happens to be part of the state of New Hampshire, and therefore the state has got some obligation to, to help in those areas. Of course, you know, Revelations, Your Honor, recently a 60 Minutes report over the weekend um, you know, showed changes in, in legislation that... Um, you mean kind of the one that uh, we're involved with in a lawsuit against pharmaceutical companies? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, people thought you were crazy for suggesting the city join that lawsuit, however long ago it was, and, and, and the city did. But now, you know, it looks like changes in legislation that were signed by Obama and, and passed through a Republican Congress, uh, you know, really loosened the rules on distributing opioids and, and making them more available. Uh, at some point, does part of the solution here need to be um, a change in federal law that, uh, that that maybe restores the old rules or otherwise gets these things under control? Because, uh, as as you know, as many people know, the, a lot of people think. And Dave Mara, who was here for an extended interview yesterday, our former police chief and now the governor's advisor on addiction and behavioral health, the drugs are. Um, firmly convinced that this thing started with the uh, the, the wide dissemination of uh, prescription opioids. So what do you do to knock back those prescription opioids? Well, you know, Richard, I, I think this conversation has been something that we've been talking about a long time. Not only does it have to be, you know, when, when the federal FDA yep. approved OxyContin, for 11-year-olds. You were the only public official I heard who made an issue with that. I, you know, Ginta may have. You look at that and you say, really? <laughs> so if that's not something, I can remember uh, watching a congressional hearing uh, that Chief Willard was in Washington for, and the Vermont governor made that statement uh, about the FDA and 11-year-olds and OxyContin, you should have seen the faces on the panel of the senators when he said it. Mm -hmm. They couldn't believe it. They shook their head, and rightly so, and I don't know what they've done with that. I don't know if it's just sat there and nothing's happened. They probably dropped it to 10. You You know, and nobody wants to get between their doctor and care. Nobody. But when we are prescribing the opiates that we prescribe, you know, Massachusetts passes state law. You get seven days of prescription. If you need to go back, you go back. I mean, the first question that any doctor asks you, I don't care what your ailment is, is give me the level of pain from one to ten. Right. And what they're told is you, you got to make sure the patient is pain free. Well, maybe not. Well, I, I, look, I, again, and I'm not a doctor, and I'm not going to say that you know somebody shouldn't get more, but let them come back in seven days. There was a pharmaceutical company or a pharmacy that just passed that they won't give uh, patients more than seven days of uh, opiates. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. 
If you need more, go back and see the doctor. Well, the trouble with the opiates is it doesn't fix the pain. It masks it. And that's why you got to keep taking them. Uh, but anyway, uh, one final question on this, Your Honor. Uh, what does a, a housing solution look like um, in, in your mind? Is it something like, a, say, a, a families in transition model where they own a bunch of different buildings in different places? Or is it more of a, a centralized, supervised kind of housing um, a, a arrangement? Well, you know, Richard, I went when drug court, when I went up to um, the drug court up uh, up in um, Summersworth in that area there. Stratford County. Stratford County. Um, I, they have their drug court um, housing adjacent to the jail. <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm saying that only because that's where they had their space. I went up and saw it. Um, they've got bunk beds in rooms that are probably 8 by 10 if they're that. Mm-hmm. Um, one bathroom, you know, they need a place that they can go in at four o'clock after they finished um, doing their drug tests, seeing their counselors, looking for a job where they can go in and, and feel safe that, uh, you know, somebody's not saying, hey, remember that nice high you had a month ago? Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to try it again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, having somebody there supervising and, and, you know, get them out in the morning at eight o'clock so they go back and and do the things that they need to do. In drug court, uh, Judge Brown's got over 60 people in drug court right now, and he says the biggest thing is housing. So I I said that to the governor. I said, you know, we've got to step up and find a safe place for them to go so that the people that fall off the wagon fall off the wagon less. You know, I found a young man, and I told the story uh, many times when I got a call from his sister on a Saturday, and she found a needle and... um, paraphernalia in the bathroom downstairs because he was living with her. Mm-hmm. And she called and she said, I don't know what to do. Can you can you come over and help me? And I went over there and picked the, the young man up and put him in my car and at that time drove him down a hope for recovery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, he went through uh, some tough times, fell off the wagon again, called me, said, Mayor, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I know you helped me, but I need help again. Well, he went into recovery. He came out. I saw him a week ago. He said, I'm doing much better. Uh, he had a girlfriend. She was keeping him on the straight and narrow. He was with his sister. Uh, so, you know, there is potential to help people. But, boy, you know, Safe Station says we're here. And if you've hit rock bottom and you've made that decision, okay, we'll See if we can't get you help. Do you have any discussion with the governor about, ex, you know, some sort of state mechanism to expand Safe Station to other communities? Well, again, you or know, is that, Richard, is that something that has to be entirely sort of at the doing of the local community? It's got to be at the local community. But remember, a lot of these communities, except for the bigger ones that have full time fire departments, it is difficult to open their doors and say, okay, we have Safe Station if they've got volunteers. Sometimes there's nobody at the fire station. Gotcha. Uh, we have John uh, John and Hooksit on the line. Good morning, John. On the uh, opioid crisis, uh, something I shared with the mayor a while ago, and I just want to reiterate it, um, basically how a cousin of mine died from opioid overdose. Well, well I'm sorry to hear that, John. It, it touches everybody. Um, yeah, the bottom line is what it's a shame to see this being politicized because it's not a political item. It's a it's a life altering item. 
And, um, you know, when I shared that with the mayor, he, he basically was uh, genuinely concerned um, because if you'd known my cousin, you never would have expected her to try drugs, never mind die from an opioid overdose. So uh, hats off to the mayor for what he's doing, keeping this on the front burner of New Hampshire politics and trying to get something done proactively. Thank you. For Thank the, you, John. Thank you for the call, John. Uh, Your Honor, I want to uh, change gears here uh, for a second. Uh, <laughs> we've had some fun talking about the possibilities of uh, Amazon maybe coming to Manchester or the area or the state of New Hampshire. You, you've uh, put together a letter uh, as uh, a letter along with the MTA's executive director, the Manchester Airport. Is this just sort of uh, you know an exercise taking the show horse out for a run to see uh, you know? maybe, uh, you know, where the city could make itself more attractive for businesses in general, or is this a, a legitimate effort to try to uh, get uh, HQ2 from Amazon located here? Well, you know, there's no question that um, working with the governor, I think it's important that uh, New Hampshire and the city of Manchester and, and the region puts out its best, uh, puts on its best attire for a good show. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly I know that uh, it's legitimate. You know, people have to understand and enjoy that there's no sales tax or an income tax in the state of New Hampshire. The tax climate is very good. And um, certainly it's uh, the proximity to the airport is important. Um, the highways uh, in New Hampshire are in great shape. So, again, I, you know, I think that uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I think that if you can go out there and people on the national level start saying, oh, geez, New Hampshire put in a bid for Amazon. What do they got up there? Maybe <laughs> well, that, somebody else may be attracted to come here. Right. This is the marketing vantage point. But have you given any thought as mayor of Manchester to to how you would handle or how the city would handle? Um, whether What a great problem to have. Well, whether it was located great on Hackett Hill or, you know, out by the airport in Londonderry or whatnot, the influx of, of to say nothing of the number of people that would need to construct it, but the influx of 50,000 people. Well, it would be great vibrancy for the city of Manchester, the state of New Hampshire it would be a great thing. <laughs> Prepared to build a few new schools. Well, you know, <laughs> as, as, as people say that, you know, uh, the population growth here in Manchester is much different than where it is any place else in the country. We're, We're growing. actually growing. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So let's look at it. Let's keep our fingers crossed. And, and who knows, maybe it doesn't attract Amazon, as I said. Maybe it attracts somebody else with that only needs 200,000 square feet right? and only has 800 employees. Well, better better keep Hackett Hill intact for those kinds of developments. Well, it's there. And certainly, uh, you know, the road, the, the road structures up in that area would have to be fixed a little bit. But that's OK. That would right. be something that we could work with the, the state on, with the bridge that's there that uh, the the rework of six and seven. And yeah, well, I mean, we've had conversations about those, and you know, well, it's been in the ten year plan since nineteen ninety four. I know. Well, <laughs> and I think maybe would, maybe this will move it up to number one. <laughs> well, the difference is is that uh, you know when they come forward with a plan and tell you it's one hundred and fifty four million uh, to do it, mm -hmm. by the time they're done, it's two hundred and fifty four million. <laughs> So before we hit the break here, Your Honor, a, a quick one. I understand a a, a, a young college student uh, uh, in a journalism class paid a call on you to interview you about the campaign. How how'd it go? It went well. It that, went well. That would be my uh, you know, son, it's, by it's, the way. It, 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 yeah, it went well. I, you know, it was funny because my campaign manager called me and said, uh, "I have a young man, Dominic, who wants to uh, to interview you uh, for his college uh, his college work." And I said, journalism "That's fine." Class, yeah. yeah. And I, when I went outside, I said, to, to, I said, do you know who this is? And he said, yeah, it's Dominic. I said, no, that's 
Rich Gerard's son, <laughs> but he's standing on his own, Richard. You know, I can tell you, you did a great job. Uh, you, you you should be very grateful. You have a very talented son and a very polite son. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, since we it's know more than I can say for you. Well, hey, you know, sometimes the apple falls from the tree and rolls downhill. What it's can good I thing tell it rolled. No, it rolls right <laughs> next to its mother. That's the good thing. Well, for for the record, we'll make it known that he has, by email and telephone, spoken with the Joyce Craig campaign. And uh, they have yet to agree to an interview, but um, he, he relayed the story. He said, yeah, I was talking to you. And he said, are you any relation to uh, Rich Gerard? And he said, yeah, that's my dad. He said, well, he's sort of a famous person here. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll let you know if we're going to let you do the interview. So hopefully Joyce Craig's campaign will help him complete his journalism project so he doesn't have to write. They were, um, whatchamacallit, uh, unresponsive to his requests. It's about the campaign, I guess. I don't know what the project is exactly, but he wants to talk to both of you. Anyway, traffic, weather, sports. When we come back, more with Mayor Ted Gatzis. Stay with us.